0: Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger, and today's One Real Good Thing is a shift in mindset, away from the constantly busy, overscheduled, and overwhelmed reality most of us live in, toward embracing joie de vivre, a life full of joy, and not just when we're on vacation, but every day. Here to help us get there is Audrey Aki, the author of Joie, A Parisian's Guide to Celebrating the Good Life. When Audrey moved to Paris, France as an adult, she was a career-obsessed, consumption-loving New Yorker, always searching for a happier, richer way of life. As she settled into her new city, Audrey learned that Parisians find joy in what they eat, where they go, conversations they have, and how they spend their time. Simple things, That's their North Star. Soon enough, joie became her North Star too. Here she shares some real practical ways to find your joie de vivre wherever you live. Ajiri Aki, what a joy to have you here. And joy is the appropriate word, I guess. That's the word of the day. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So since I read your book, Joie, I cannot stop thinking about joie de vivre. I, I, I've been thinking about it as I walk to work. I've been thinking about it as I'm doing my dishes and sort of thinking, how can I embrace this idea and bring it into my own life? And I really hope that the listeners today walk away with that same notion because it really is something that sticks in your consciousness in a certain way. Um, and I know that has happened with you, so we're looking forward to hearing your story and 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 all the practical ways that you have for us to embrace this. Um, but I'd love to start off with, in case people think they maybe know what joie de vivre is, or maybe they don't. Or what is joie de vivre?
1: So joie de vivre, French French phrase, uh, essentially means finding joy in everyday life. You know, joy in life and. To the French, it's just finding joy in very simple, small things, daily things, um, and seeking them out. So that is, you know, something that brings you a feeling of joy in your daily life.
0: And what a notion. I mean, I think it's something that is sort of a universal quest in some way. This is not just like a Parisian thing, although you discovered Joie de Vivre, really, and this lifestyle in Paris. And I have to say, your book... Makes me want. There's so many beautiful photos and so many great ideas, and the photography is amazing. It makes me literally want to transport myself into the pages. So, Thank you. Beautiful but, photos by Jessica Antola. <laughs> they're gorgeous. And, um but aside from that, you don't have to live in pra- Paris to have joie de vivre. You yeah. can be
1: anywhere. Yeah, I think joy de vivre, joie de vivre, finding joy in everyday life, is definitely. A concept for everyone for everyone around the world you know the reason I would say that I learned it from the French was because when I moved here I really saw that finding joy in life is a north star for people here it's what guides their day it's what guides their choices that they make and I as I started to see it I started to really kind of say to myself you know what That is a value that I hold dear. And that's what I want to start doing now. So, you know, while it's something that, you know, is very, very strong to the culture here, I feel like we all want that in our lives to embrace it in our lives. Every, I mean, no matter where you live.
0: Yeah. And I think I love your story, your personal story and how you got there. So I'd love if you shared that with us, um, how you, you know, were
1: in New York in this high power mindset. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I first came to Paris as you know a college student, came back again as a grad student then went back to my life in New York. And those were just small, you know, little moments in Paris when I came as a student. And, yeah, then I was living in New York. I was working in fashion. Um, and, yeah, it was a very busy life, you know, working all day on shoots, going to parties and events at night. Um, there wasn't a lot of money or time, or but but my job was so important to me and it was all I cared about. It consumed me in every sort of way. So when I took a pause in that life to go to grad school that brought me on that second trip I just told you about to Paris, um, I wanted to stay. I wanted to live here. I wanted to make my life here. I wanted to wander in these streets and just see the history and the buildings and you know, people are always out on the street and at parks and I wanted that life for myself. But Unfortunately, I couldn't find a way to to live here and to make that work. So I moved back to New York, back to my um, very, very busy New York uh, fashion life. And then I met my husband there nine months later because I'd hired him for a job in New York City during fashion week, fell in love. You know, a year later, I'm living here and I've been here now for 11, 12 years. And you're, and just to be clear, you're coming to us from Paris. I am. And, I'm in and Paris I love it. See-
0: <laughs> how wonderful but i think this idea that you know you as you were in paris you started to really it started to get into your bones all almost this sense of joie de vivre and how it changes the way you live your life on a daily basis
1: yeah absolutely i think you know for starters you know i didn't have a lot of friends when i was here and i didn't have a lot of um you know I was trying to figure out what my new purpose would be you know how i would spend my my days and my life and just little things started to happen in the sense of like um you know i needed to make friends i needed to meet people so it was like you know bringing people to my table inviting people that i didn't know to my ta- to share a moment at my table um and i think just also everything just happened slower you know I, you know, I'd be sitting around and oh, okay, now I'm gonna go have lunch. Well, restaurants are closed because lunch has a very specific time, but you know, I just started to see how people do their things so differently. And while I was so rushed and wanting something, life here was just, it wasn't about, um, I guess you would say fair or avoir, like fair means to do and avoir means to have. It wasn't about having things and it wasn't about doing. it was just about être, just about being. And I started to say, okay. It's time to stop swimming against the grain and um, embrace this, this way of life.
0: Yeah. And I think our, so I live in New York and I definitely feel like I'm always hustling, you know? And then sometimes I literally say to myself, I need to stop being a human doing and start being a human being. Yes, I love so that. So switching that sort of mindset human doing human doing and then I'm just like frying myself yeah. and start to be a human being. So how do we be? And that's sort of what you're talking about here because when you tap into just being a human being and it's actually you know, you have your your table of contents is these lessons. Yeah. And um and lesson 1 is slowing down, learn yeah. to find pleasure from being. and so you don't need a lot of money to do this you don't need stuff you don't you don't need
1: anyone can do this wherever they are absolutely and I think like you know when I was when I came up with this the subtitle you know a approved God to celebrating the good life I think that at one point I thought that a good life meant you had to have money and you had to you know come from some fabulous life or you know and I kind of learned like that's not really what it's about. I can honestly say that I'm living a very good life. We go on vacation, um, even if it's not the most fancy places, you know, like I, you know, and I go have a prefix lunch. You can find a prefix lunch for 12 euros. I, you know, I don't, I no longer am driven by, you know, doing so many things like are needing to like prove myself to anybody because, you know, and that doesn't even matter, you know, like it really doesn't. And you'll always, you know, I give this crazy example when you talk about like having, and I, I, there was a way that I used to look before and, you know, then I shaved my head and realized actually everybody still likes me and cares about me just as I am, no matter how I've changed my, my physical appearance. And that was really, um, a strong thing for me to just realize, to just kind of, take a deep breath and just like just to enjoy this, this world and the people that are around me. So. Yeah. You know. I think
0: wherever we are, we can do that by tapping in a little bit more slowing yeah. down yes. being more, but you also have some really practical doable suggestions for embracing more yeah. of this joie de vivre lifestyle. And one of them, I think is so important. We we talked about three in particular that I want to zero in on, but one of them you said And I think this is so key. You guys listen closely, step away for lunch.
1: Yes, absolutely. Step away for lunch. I, when I, when I lived in New York, um, you know, definitely, first of all, France really taught me the joy of lunch. I love lunch. Like I don't like to skip lunch. I need to have my lunch. You know, when I was living in New York, if it was lunchtime, no, when you know, working in fashion, nobody went to go get lunch. Like you, God forbid you left your desk and went to a restaurant and had a lunch. Like, what is that? You know, you'd be perceived as lazy, um, or a slacker even. And then when I worked as a freelancer at home, it's just in front of my computer tapping away, you know, shoving a sandwich or a salad into my face, but lunch is actually, it's really sacred here. And I think that you can see it. You know, I asked a couple of friends like, would you ever eat at your desk? And they're like, no, jamais, never. Like, why? They're like, why? You're working for hours. What's, you know, step away. You can, you can close your computer. You can step away and have a lunch break, whether you eat at home, go in your kitchen, or you step outside and you go to a restaurant, um, you know. You can have lunch and you deserve to have lunch. And in fact, you know, I, we were talking about this. You wrote this wonderful article talking about how the reality, like science backs it. You are actually more creative. You think better. If you, you know, you've worked in the morning, you take a pause, you step away, you nourish yourself, you have some water. Um, maybe you go out and meet a friend that you talk, you know, you, that friend brings you joy because you're laughing you're spending time together or a coworker. And then you come back to your work. And you're refreshed and you, you know, something, some idea might've sparked by you just stepping away. So I think that, um, you know, it's, it brings you more joy that you're not just like slumped over whatever work you're doing for a bazillion hours. So it's, it's it's healthy for you. It's healthy for your soul, for your mind, for your bum, for your back, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like
0: you said, body, mind, and spirit really. And it, and then you eat more mindfully so you can mm-hmm. really focus and take it in that you're enjoying this food and that's healthy for you. And I think what's interesting about this also is that it's staying and working through lunch and shoveling food in your face at the computer, which by the way, feels also incredibly taboo to me. Like yeah. that will, that I will, I never do that. It feels actually, Kind of dirty. <laughs> it is kind of gross, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. besides that, it's just an illusion of productivity. It's not actual yeah. productivity. So you have this illusion of productivity. Maybe you're impressing your coworkers by never getting up. But actually, and science backs this up to your point yeah. for this article that I had written for the Washington Post uh ways back. But um the science backs up that actually the most productive people step away for they pinpointed 17-minute breaks or whatever, but mm. um, but also stopping for lunch or stopping and taking this break for your brain mm. increases your creativity, as you right, mentioned. Right, so it's yeah. just an illusion of productivity. It's not actually productive.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you think about it, if you're thinking about like, you know, getting that feeling of joy, like, you know, we're talking about embracing joy in your life every day you could be, you know, stressed out with your work. And again, hashtag embrace joy. I just made that up right now. but I love it. We're using that hashtag embrace joy. <laughs> but it, you know, if you're having a bad day at work, you're ha- like just stepping away. Like that is a little bit of joy that you need. You know, there's no, there's no joy to be embraced if you're just, you know, staring at a screen for hours, you know, constantly at really that time. And I, I, I definitely appreciate, appreciate the way that, you know, France is actually illegal to eat in front of your desk companies. It's illegal for, you know, for employees to eat in front of their desk and also, you know, restaurants embrace it. They have prefix menus. I know that's all over the world. Cause when I learned what a prefix was, I was living in Texas You know, prefix menus are are encouraging you to have a quick quick meal. That's not going to take you four hours, but they know you have an hour. Um, And actually, I think the OECD will tell you that France is actually one of the most productive countries in Europe, and they take their lunch break. How interesting! Yeah,
0: and even if you only have twenty minutes, I mean, to go and take a sandwich and sit outside, even if you just break away from your desk wherever you go. Yeah, some oxygen. Go outside. Um, okay, number two, we have to get into this one because I love this one and I love the story of this in your book. Use the good china, yeah. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about that story and and why should we use the good china? How does this bring us
1: joy? Well, my mother had this wedding china that she was um, that she was given as a present um, when she married my father, and she loved this wedding china. It was so. She thought it was so beautiful. She put it behind this china cabinet, the sideboard with little glass doors. And she loved walking by it, telling everyone about her wedding china, how beautiful it was. And I always wanted to use it. I'm like, well, mom, when are we going to use it? No, no, no. Someone's going to break it. Someone's going to break it. Like it's, you know, something's going to happen to it. And then, you know, one day she says, okay, we can use the the china. And then she says, no, no, no. Someone's going to break it. And she puts it all back. And unfortunately, my mom died and she never used that china. She never ate even a piece of toast off of that china. And that those plates, that that person brought her such joy. So my lesson here in using the good china is like if something brings you that much joy, use it. Use it because it brings you joy to, to eat off those plates every day. You know, it brings you joy to have this present, a reminder of, you know, the people that loved you and gave you this, this, maybe it's, you know, if you like going to the flea market, as I do go to the flea market, and I find objects that bring me joy because I'm like, Oh, I love this. It's so beautiful. You know, this little teacup that I have, I love it. That brings me joy. Surround yourself with things that bring you joy, but also using the good China, I feel like it could be a metaphor for so many other things, you know, earrings that you love a dress that you love, you know, if you if dressing like, you know, excuse me, if you're dressing like a slob every day does not bring you joy, hey, get wear something nice that makes you feel really good. Use use the good china. Use the good things. Use the things that bring you joy. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I love this. And I I use my grandmother's silver. I, I switch from yeah. my just regular standard stainless steel silverware to my uh, stainless steel tableware to my grandma's silver. And I literally feel this deep connection with her every single day. And that totally brings me joy, even actually, and it was, it's a little annoying because I have to polish it a couple times a year, (laughs) but then I started doing that with my daughter and in a way, and that brings me joy. So. It really comes full circle that way. And it's worth it. It's worth it, guys. Use the good China.
1: Absolutely. And I can tell you, I have so many people that have, you know, come to me with stories of, ob- oh, you know what? That reminds me. I have this thing that somebody gave me. It's just like packed away. I mean, that's just, I don't know. Un- I'm not able to understand that because, you know, if something that you love, that has been given to you or that you bought, why pack it away? You know, use it, smile, feel that warmth every time you bring it out and use it and see it.
0: Okay, number three is a word I never heard before, so you're going to have to explain to us what all of us what okay. this is. Be a flaneur. Am I saying that right? I hope
1: so. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. What's a flaneur so a, and why should we flaneur, be one? <laughs> a flaneur was, it's a French word that was coined in the 19th century, you know, to describe these, you know, well, you know, well-to-do people that would sort of wander around the city, just kind of observing and thinking, you um, And, you know, we're talking about like Baudelaire and Balzac. And when you think about what being a flanner means, you know, when you walk around a space or a city, you know, your city without purpose, whether you're traveling, whether you're at home, you just kind of, you basically, you walk around and you just take in the city, take in the scenery, take in, breathe the air just, it again, it goes back to just being, um, you know, Balzac says strolling is a science. It's a g- astronomy for the eyes, like taking everything in, you know? Um, and I think that is something that we just don't do. Like, you know, you're thinking, oh, I have to, I have to go straight to the supermarket. I have to go straight and do this. But what if sometimes you just, you know what, I'm just going to go to this little neighborhood and stroll around and, who knows what you'll see, the flowers might inspire you, the, just the sounds, the, the trees, the nature, um, you know, scientifically, definitely we can all say nature brings us joy, but sometimes just discovery. Yeah. I think,
0: I think that notion again, of not being purposeful or intentional or having to do, but being and being in a way that I think the word meander comes to mind. So wherever you are, if it's a city or if it's around a suburban block or if it's in the countryside, the sense of meandering without, oh, I have Mm -hmm. to make it to the top of this hill. I have to make it 10 times around this, just this meander and a sense Mm -hmm. of curiosity, bringing openness and a curiosity with you. And that in itself brings so much awareness and joy and it's really a practice of
1: mindfulness to be honest. Yes, you know, it's you're wandering around that you know the purpose it's the purpose is without purpose, but that's the purpose, you know, to to bring and you know curiosity and wandering and that is a form of um joy by all means because it just like you know it sparks some like a sense of something in you that you didn't you weren't feeling before. Um, so I being a flanart in your own town or when you travel or when you go somewhere, I feel like it's something really that we should all d- embrace.
0: Well, I love these practical ideas, and I love the whole notion of embracing joie de vivre. Thank you so much. And for this beautiful book. So it's available in, in for pre-order now, and it, it comes out April, in the middle of 18. April, yes? April 18th. Yeah, Congratulations on that. And I have to say, I think it would be a fabulous, if if anyone's listening out there who's planning to get me a Mother's Day present, I think it would be a fabulous Mother's Day gift with a couple of plane tickets to Paris in it.
1: Absolutely. Paris is the place to be this spring. That is for sure. (laughs) Well, I, I totally encourage everyone to check out Joie, A Parisian's
0: Guide to Celebrating the Good Life. And Ajuri Aki, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you really for appreciate, I really appreciate your insights and your ideas, and helping me to embrace joie de vivre. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Merci. <laughs> Merci. Thanks for listening. I hope you are inspired to pause and enjoy the simple things to cultivate joie de vivre in your life. Join me next time for another one real good thing.